Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about retirement readiness, strategies to help you grow and preserve your wealth so that you get the most from life with the money you do have. Are you on track? John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. 10,000 a day turn 65? You, you've probably heard the stat, haven't you? Baby boomers, those are the generation born between 1946 to 1964. Well, now that they're aging, 10,000 boomers turn age 65 every single day and will for the next nine more years. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is John Chapman, and you found me at my weekly podcast talking about personal finance. And this week, I have an extra special guest, Bob Bernardo, who is a Medicare specialist. And Medicare can be kind of like alphabet soup. You know, you've got parts A, B, C, and D, and then you've got supplemental plans that have their own alphabet soup to them. So it can be totally confusing. And the trouble is, if you don't sign up correctly under the right timeframes, it can be really costly during your retirement. So whether or not you've got a parent or family member that needs to sign up for Medicare soon, or you yourself are planning for retirement and need to know how and when to sign up, this is a very important episode. Uh, definitely be sure to subscribe to the show. You can leave a comment and a rating, or you can reach out to, read to me directly at thejohnchapmanshow at gmail.com. And without further ado, let's dive into today's Medicare conversation with Bob Bernardo. Well, Bob, thanks for joining me today to talk about Medicare, such a confusing topic, and yet it's inevitable for everybody that gets to age 65. I think there's a lot that we need to demystify in this conversation, so I'm excited to start. Um, you know, maybe sure. if we can, Bob, just, just let's kick it off by talking about parts A, B, C, and D, and let's get some definitions around what the components are for Medicare. Good idea. So uh, Medicare has four parts. Part A is hospital coverage. That is premium free for most people that have a 10-year work history. Um, part, and that, that's inpatient hospital uh, coverage. Part B is in Bravo is um, the outpatient services and pretty much everything outside the hospital. Uh, part B has a premium uh, it's $144.60 for most people. It is based on income. So the higher your income, that premium could go up. And Part B is what people use the most, uh, just as you would with a uh, uh, group plan at work. So it, it covers doctor visits, lab work, and pretty much everything outside the hospital, and even some things in the hospital that are done on an outpatient basis. So Part A and Part B are often referred to as original Medicare. And then you have Part C, uh, which is or are the the standalone HMOs and PPOs, they're also called Medicare Advantage plans. And then there's Part D, uh, that's your drug coverage, your drug plans. Um, so it, the only thing that uh, you need to know about A, B, C, and D is what goes together, what goes with what. In Part C, the HMOs and the PPOs are standalone plans. You don't add anything to them because they include Part A, Part B, and Part D. So uh, most people have three options with Medicare, and that is they, they get their Part A and their Part B. 
And this is one of the mistakes that we can talk about too, uh, the top three mistakes that people make with Medicare and how to avoid them. But so when people get Part A and Part B, they have original Medicare. And then from there, they can make three choices. They can join an HMO, a PPO, or a Medigap supplement plan, which that's the only option that's going to give them 100% healthcare coverage. So does that make sense? So far? I think it does. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and for those that may be listening that they're hearing this for the first time, it still might take a little bit of getting used to of what's all included in their each uh, A, B, C, and D part, but you, you've laid it out well. And I appreciate that. There's a, there's an inpatient, that's an A, uh, there's an outpatient, that's a B, uh, D is yeah. the drug coverage and then C lumps them all together. If I understand that right. C- correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So, well, I, I think you, you, because you've got this uh, handy flyer, and maybe for the audience at the end, uh, Bob, you can you can share with them how, how to get this. But um, we should talk through the top three Medicare mistakes because there can be a lot of mistakes, and we don't want anyone to have any uh, type of costly thing that they, that's irrevocable, that sort of thing. So for you know for those people that are listening, they're either in their late fifties, early sixties, and they're still wanting to just educate themselves, or, or gosh, maybe even for people that are listening that are in their late thirties, early forties, and have parents that are going to be turning 65 in the future, uh, we want to help them avoid anything that, that may be costly. So can, can we kick it off here? What's the most common or mistake number one uh, when people uh, try to sign up for Medicare? Uh, good question. The, the biggest mistake and most costly mistake is only signing up for Medicare parts A and B, that original Medicare. And the reason why that is the biggest mistake is most people don't realize this. It there's no limit to the amount of uh, financial bills you can incur with Part A and Part B. There's no cap to your exposure. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a good example. A, a year and a half ago, I had a phone call from a gentleman here in California, and uh, he only had Part A and Part B, and he told me he had a, a catastrophic medical event, and his 20% share of the bill oh. was $103,000. Oh. And he, he, he told me uh, he couldn't afford it. He couldn't afford the bill. He couldn't afford to live in California. He had to file bankruptcy and he moved out of state. Uh, oh, so that, that's gives chills the, to hear the, that one, one of the horror stories. Yeah. So th- it's easily avoidable, though, because uh, with your three choices, it, it, all you have to do after you get Part A and Part B, when you initially sign up for Medicare, is you add to that either an HMO, a PPO, or a Medigap supplement plan, and then you can sleep at night knowing yeah. that you you have a limit to the amount of medical expenses yeah. you're going to incur in wow. any given year. Yeah, that, so, that, that that makes me think for people in their working years, there there might be like a max out of pocket limit to that, that that they're signing up through their group, uh, you know, benefit plan. So it sounds like for if I understand yeah. right, you know, parts A and B don't have that type of cap, and so gosh, that you know, it could be astronomical what the bills could be uh, in your in your story easily. Like a hundred thousand dollar hospital bill is nothing in this day oh, and age. So especially, yeah, especially nowadays, um, yeah, during COVID. Yeah. I, I want to, before we move on then to the other mistakes, Bob, maybe if we can just take a pause uh, and talk about when somebody is signing up for A and B and how they're mm-hmm. actually going about doing that. Cause I, cause I've heard there's a little bit of a lead up time, a ramp up time uh, before you get to eight, uh, someone's age 65. So when is it that they really need to start taking action? Um, Medicare gives everybody seven months to sign up for Medicare Part A and Part B, and that's three months before your birthday month, your birthday month, and then three months after. Uh, 
So most people do it in that 90 days before their birthday month. They start doing their due diligence. They'll call somebody like me or they'll call an insurance company and, and try and get the, the lowdown and how all this works. Um, you can sign up for Medicare 90 days prior to your birthday month online at Social Security ssa.gov. I have a link that takes you right to the application. Uh, it's very simple to do. Once you get past the security questions, it literally only takes about 10 minutes to sign up for Medicare. Uh, another alternative, if you're not computer savvy or if you don't even have a computer, uh, I have a list of every local Social Security office in the United States and the local phone number. Uh, if you search for Social Security, who actually administers Medicare and, and gets you signed up, you'll see all you'll see on the internet are the is the national call center phone number and you can literally sit on hold for two to three hours if you call nice. that number if you call nice. the local number then uh you get through literally in two minutes i call the local office all the time with, with various wow. questions and there, gotcha. there's a live body on the phone inside of two minutes so you can enroll over the phone uh and uh after you enroll online or over the phone you get a uh, red white and blue medicare card in the mail about 2 weeks later and then and then in that same time period once you get your medicare number you can make one of those three choices you can choose an hmo a ppo or a medigap supplement plan so to what, make sure you don't you don't make that first mistake yeah well, what, 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 what changes, if any, if someone is still working and plans to still work? They, they've got a corporate job. Their 65th birthday is coming up. They pay, plan to keep working uh, through their birthday, even through the end of the year, maybe. Uh, how does that change, if, if at all, the sign-up process? Uh, it actually changes quite a bit, and, and a lot of people are doing that, including myself. So if you have what Medicare calls creditable healthcare coverage, and that's coverage as good as Medicare or better, and most group plans at most companies are credible coverage, you can delay your, your Medicare, your Part A, your Part B, your Part D, uh, without incurring any penalties. Um, so you, you would want to check with your benefits administrator, make sure it is credible coverage. Some plans aren't, but most of them are. Um, and I recommend that people go ahead and sign up for Part A, get in, get in the system, Part A is premium free for most people that have a 10-year work history and paid into the system. Uh, so it just gives you an added layer of hospital insurance should that be needed in the future. It would, it would uh, coordinate with your group plan at work. Mm. You can delay Part B and Part D, both of which have monthly premiums again, mm -hmm. that are based on your income. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have that credible coverage at work, then you don't incur any penalties. So I've had people sign up for Part B and Part D when they're 70 or 75. People are working longer yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So you. Um, you don't you don't have to get it right away. You don't want to be paying for it twice at work and then with Medicare. So sure. pick one sure. or the other. So that, just yeah. to recap, because it, it, it uh, signing up for A, since there's no premium for it and it's it's free, there's no sense not to do it. Um, it is there a mistake if somebody doesn't do it? Let's just say they, you know, they're they're living under a rock or they just don't want to or can't for whatever reason. If somebody's uh, a corporate job has credible insurance but doesn't si even sign up for A, any impact to them? Uh, no, not at all. There, there's uh, no no penalty there, uh, but it, it's it's wise to do it because it's just going to be less money out of your pocket if yeah. you happen to go into the hospital. Yeah. Where uh, the and it really depends upon the size of the company who's going to be the primary right. payer. Yeah. 
Um, so if a company is less than 100 employees and especially less than 20, then Medicare in most cases will be primary. If it's more than 100 employees, that group plan is going to be primary payer, then Medicare comes in as secondary. Yeah. So yeah. it could be just with the Part A hospital coverage, uh, you could go into the hospital and uh, not pay anything uh, if Medicare is on the back end there with that Part A. Wow. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought that up. That actually, that's a terrific point. And, uh, and uh, as we're talking, I'm having so much fun thinking about the, all the financial planning and retirement planning I've done in the past. Uh, so before we move on again to mistake number two, I actually want to bring up the, the impact of income. Uh, specifically, I've had so many situations where there might be a spike in income at some point. Uh, let's say it's a, a one-time distribution to take a trip or buy a car, or it's a pension lump sum or w- whatever the case is. I mean, you know, maybe someone's normal working salary is 150000 but one year in there, in their early to mid 60s, you know, they have 300000 of income. Maybe they had some exercising stock options or whatnot. And, and that, uh-huh. that shows up uh, by Medicare Part B premium increasing, you know, sometime, sometime in the later. So help us understand how does income relate to Medicare Part B premium? And is there any, uh, any, any way to argue yourself out of that or write a note or something to, to avoid that type of mistake? That that is a very good question, and and yes, uh, there is a way to uh, get it lowered. So what that's called? It, there's an acronym called IRMA. I R M A A stands for Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. So both Part B is in Bravo and Part D is in Drug. They both have monthly premiums, and they're both uh, adjusted based on your income. And to give you an idea that those income tiers are eighty-seven thousand dollars for an individual tax return, and it's $174,000 or less for a joint tax return. So as an example, if you're married and filing jointly and, and you your adjusted gross income is $174,000, you pay the minimum Part B premium of $144.60. And then it goes up from there um, to as high as $491.60 a month for Part B. Okay. Yeah, that's for folks that make a single half billion dollars a year or more or $750,000 for a joint return. Mm -hmm. So those are your premium ranges, $144 to $491. Um, And you mentioned about challenging it. So uh, the thinking is when you retire and, and when most people retire, their income drops significantly. But what Social Security does is they do a two-year look back. As soon as you sign up for Medicare uh, and you have Part B, they do a, a two-year look back. So now, obviously, they would look back to your 2018 tax return and see what your adjusted gross income was, and they base your premium on that. So mm-hmm. if you've just retired, I have a form that's it's from Social Security that you can fill out and challenge that and you can say it's there's a checkbox on there so I've had a life event you retire that's a life event uh, my income has dropped significantly I don't make the money I made in 2018 or 2019 I don't want to pay this part B premium yeah. in this bracket in this income bracket so and people challenge that successfully all the time yeah okay all right that's super um, thank you for demystifying that was helpful and we we've sort of touched on mistake number two but let's talk about uh, what the second most common or even most costly mistake is um, that is, it, it's simply a, a timing thing and it's not signing up for part B or part D when you're first eligible for Medicare. And the reason that's important is they will slap you with a pretty stiff penalty. Uh, as an example for part B, if you're late, uh, they will, uh, tack on a 10% 
penalty for every year that you don't have Part B. And a lot of people do this. They, uh, <laughs> when I signed up one of my older sisters a few years back, nope. uh, she goes, "Okay, Part A is free. That's great." And she goes, "She goes Part B." And this was uh, it was a little bit lower than where it is today. She goes, "I'm not paying 135 dollars a month for Part B." And I said, "Oh yes, you will, uh-huh. because if you don't, they <laughs> they'll hit you with a 10 percent penalty, and it's nice. and it's not a one time penalty. It's a lifetime penalty. Lifetime uh, penalty. Thing, Get out. It's a lifetime penalty. It does not go away, and you can argue it till you're blue in the face, but they don't budge on that. So the, the whole thing here to avoid that is bite the bullet and sign up for Part B and Part D uh, unless you have credible coverage. If you have work coverage, you can delay it. You don't incur the penalty. The, um, and, and so the, the Part D penalty is 1% a month for every month that you don't have a Part D plan or credible drug coverage. Okay. So the, the penalties are stiff and yeah. um, they, they can add up and they don't go away. Okay. So, and rem- remind me again what the time frame is of needing to sign up for B Bravo and D drugs. So what, what, what's the time uh, frame again? Uh, again, you have uh, 90 up to 90 days after your birthday month to get part B or part D if you don't have other coverage like at work or, and let me, let me throw this out there to you too. Uh, a lot of people say, well, I have Cobra or I have retirement coverage or I have VA coverage sure. or I have Obamacare. None of those count as credible coverage. Okay. So if yeah. you have retired from your job and you have COBRA for 18 months, that doesn't count. You're going to incur a late penalty for Part that B and Part D. So, yeah, let's talk yeah. about the so, scenario where someone works until their 67th birthday. So let's say they, they did the right thing. They signed up for A, uh, you know, uh, 30 days before they turned 65. They didn't sign up for B because they had, uh, you know, health coverage through work. But then on their right. 67th birthday, they retired. Uh, what's the time frame that they need to be signing up for B and D on their, you know, right around their 67th birthday? So they have a two-month window to uh, get into Part B and Part D, um, and then they'll get a letter from their insurance company, which they want to hang on to because that was proof of coverage. That That's their uh, free ticket, get-out-of-jail ticket, uh, mm. not getting any penalties. Gotcha. That letter from the insurance company says, yes, they had this coverage from this date to this date. Uh, um, so, um, yeah, they, they have two, a two-month coverage. A, a that's two actually pretty window. quick, so two months after the time of retiring. Correct. Yeah, and most most people are, are that are in Medicare know that uh, the HR departments at most big companies and a lot of small companies know that, so they get letters um, um, in the mail from just about everybody. So <laughs> I bet, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, letters yeah. Uh, they're on you know some list somewhere. Okay, well maybe let's, right. let's let's move to mistake number three, Bob. What what's the biggest uh, mistake number three that can be most costly? I would say that is not enrolling in a Medigap supplement plan when you're first eligible. And and, and keep in mind, that's the 100% covered option with Medicare. And the reason why that's important is if when I talk to someone that has any health issues at all, whether it's heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, dementia, whatever, um, they can get this Medigap policy with guaranteed issue, meaning there's no questions asked. They they can have all those issues and, and still get 100% coverage for six months from the day their part B starts. So when that part B starts, the clock starts ticking. Got so it. it could be a delayed, you know, it could be retiring at 68 or 70. So when, when part B starts, whenever that is, they have six months to pick a Medigap policy, plenty of time to do it. Um, but if they go past that window, 
then they have to go through medical underwriting. And this is the one time that an insurance company in Medicare can deny you coverage if you have health problems. And if, okay. you, if you think about it, it makes sense. No sure. insurance company wants to insure somebody that's, that's yeah. had heart attack and heart surgery or you know, that, that kind of thing. So uh, I, I'll tell people, if you can afford it, uh, the monthly premium for a Medigap policy, uh, get it, especially if you have health issues or if you travel a lot. An HMO or a PPO is not good for somebody that's uh, an RVer or, or somebody that just takes a lot of vacations, whether domestic or, or foreign travel. Um, I, I had a guy that retired from Fox TV earlier this year, and I, last fall we were talking. I said, what are you going to do when you retire? And he goes, I'm going to buy an RV. I'm going to buy a Honda Civic to tow yep. behind it. And I'm going to hit the road. And he's been <laughs> on the road since March, since he retired. Yeah, and there was only one okay. plan for him. That was a Medigap supplement plan because the, the big advantage to that is it's portable. You can take it with you to any doctor, any hospital in the country that takes yeah. Medicare. Yep. Uh, you can't do that with an HMO yeah. unless it's an emergency. Any plan sure. is going to cover you under an emergency, but sure. uh, big difference there. Yeah. So, and, and then a lot of people say, okay, well, how, how much is that uh, Medigap policy going to cost me? Sure. Uh, in Southern California, it's uh, for hundred percent coverage, it's going to range anywhere from $116 up to as high as 150 to 160. And that, that boils down to the company and the type of policy you oh, get. But you can get a, you I was can expecting get a, you to say a higher number, Bob. I was waiting for you to throw out a thousand dollars or something for, I know, for I know you would yeah. think it would be, but it, it's not, it's Medicare's is, unlike any insurance most people have ever had in their life, especially when you can get hundred percent coverage. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. So, um, you know, so just to tack on top of that, I, I understand that the Medicare supplements have their own alphabet soup to them and that can yeah, yes. be confusing. So, uh, without going in through each one of those, uh, you know, specifically how do people make sense of the supplement plans and what the differences are? So there, there's 10 plans and they're all lettered A through N as in November. And uh, there's really only a couple plans that most people buy. Uh, up until January 1st of this year, most people would buy a plan F as in Fox because that covered 100% of everything. Mm. Medicare pretty much closed that off to anybody that wasn't eligible for Medicare prior to this year. Mm. So people can still get it, but even the premiums are so much higher on a plan F than they are a plan G as in golf. Plan G is the next best thing. It gives you 100% coverage after you pay a $198 annual deductible. And if you know deductibles, that's yep. cheap. That's yeah, nothing that's cheap. for a deductible. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so plan G is the go-to plan now. Um, and um, th does that answer your question about? Yeah. yeah oh, oh, let me, so let me say one other confusing thing. I was gonna say there's Medicare, Medicare parts, A, B, C, and D that we talked about a few minutes ago. Medigap has plan A, B, C, D. Most yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. buy those, but that's the other confusing part. Is it a part or is it a plan? <laughs> uh, so yes, Medigap okay. plans, there's really only two plans. And right now, there's the, the go-to plan that most people are buying is plan G, as in yeah. golf. Okay. Well, this is really helpful, Bob. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. You've educated me a ton, and I, I imagine a lot of people out in the audience. Before we get to your information and how people can reach out to you, I have a, another sneaky question that I have to throw in there. Again, my, putting my financial planner cap sure. on. And yeah. 
how do people actually pay the premiums for part B is in Bravo and D is in drug? Because uh, I understand, you know, let's just actually assume, um, you know, two different examples. One example, somebody has their social security income coming in, let's say they're age 66 and they've got it or, or maybe older. Uh, and maybe another situation, mm-hmm. they, they don't, uh, they've, whatever reason, they've delayed social security until age 70, uh, but they're still retired. So like under what format are they actually paying these premiums? Uh, great question. If they're getting Social Security, it comes right out of their monthly check. If they if they haven't started to draw those benefits yet, then they get a bill, uh, and it and it's a three month bill. They bill it quarterly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just want to make, clarify. So I uh, part yep. part D for the drug coverage is also deducted from Social Security. It, it can be, uh, or you pay directly to the Part D drug company. And I recommend people do that because uh, the the whole fall election period is designed around Part C, the HMOs and the PPOs, and Part D, because those are the two components of Medicare that can and will change each and every year. So Part D, the drug, the drug plans change, you know, drugs come and go, they go from brand name to generic and so forth. So you, we recommend that everybody review those plans every year uh, because just in LA County and in Orange County, San Diego County, there's 32 drug plans to choose from. And I have software where I can plug in somebody's meds and, and look up sure. the least expensive plan really Amazing. quickly based on premium and drug costs. So, Amazing. okay. I gotcha. Okay. So, so, and then, uh, I think another th- interesting thing, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I had heard from, from folks before that if, 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 uh, maybe if, you know, if you're delayed social security or not taking social security yet, uh, the bills, uh, you know, come to you in the mail, but they are lumped together. So it can look like a sizable amount, but that's the actually quarterly bill of, of three months. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that, so. this is great information. How can people, I, I encourage people to reach out to you um, and, and I want you to tell them, you know, what it costs to work with you. So what's the best way for oh, people that, to contact that, you? That, I'm glad you brought that up because I always forget to mention that. As with any Medicare advisor or agent, there's no cost for any of our services. Uh, and if any of your listeners want to get a copy of the top three Medicare, Medicare mistakes, I'm more than happy to email that out or mail it to them. Uh, they can call me. Uh, my cell phone is area code 949-413-1708. Uh, call me or text me, and I'm more than happy to send that information out to you. And um, I'm, I'm open for business uh, here in Southern California and nationwide. I'm licensed in 23 states, and I only sell Medicare insurance. So, uh, if you need annuities or life insurance or dental insurance, uh, I'm not your guy. If you need help with Medicare, that's all I do. So yeah, I specialize I like in Medicare. I'll, I'll make sure yeah. for those listening. I'll put the put your contact information, Bob. And I didn't say your last name, Bob Bernardo. Uh, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that you can take Perfect. a look and reach out uh, if if you need fit. Um, so, Bob, thanks. Again again for joining us. I've enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate your time. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.